Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Cinema on Tap, your weekly movie podcast with a refreshing selection of movie reviews and industry topics on tap for discussion. As always, I am Scott Lenz, joined by my co-host and drinking buddy, Christian Ubius. And Christian, boy, we have a very special guest here with us today. We've had a lot of very special guests joining us, but this one in particular has flown thousands of miles Simply to from be the here great state of Ohio. from the great state of Ohio to be here on this podcast, we are joined by none other than Keenan Culler of the Hollywood Week podcast. Keenan, what a pleasure! You're you're here in person. It's a, a podcast long long in waiting. You guys, it's so good to be here. I would have traveled thousands of more miles just for this monumentous occasion. The first time we've ever met, we've been speaking for years. This is the first time we've all been together in person, and I got to tell you. The sexual tension is off the charts. I was going to say who, but I, <laughs> I think that's, that's evident. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's so true. I'll let you figure that out. Yes, Not, yes, notably, yes. when I arrived, I was a little bit late because due to the great city of Los Angeles' long-standing love affair with traffic, I am always late to recording with Christian because Google Maps lies. And I arrived and I was walking up and you two greeted me at the gate. <laughs> and Keenan, you shared that Christian is taller than you thought. However, I was perfectly proportionate, which I don't know if I would have used that to describe myself, but I appreciate it. Scott, I got it. Very rarely have I seen proportions of this this level of perfection. Yes, that's that's good. I gotta say, my initial thought on seeing you live and in uh-huh. action, you're skinnier than I thought. Really? Yeah, you're a little you're a little lean. You you're taller than I. I thought. can see your cheekbones. I'm like, okay, man, three kids, Northwest Ohio. I don't associate that with defined yeah. cheekbones, but here we are. I, I, I appreciate it. I guess that's good. Now, Christian, you said I'm taller than you thought. Yes. What were you predicting height-wise? I'm six foot tall. Kaysen's uh, height. Okay, my younger there. brother. Well, Kaysen. I actually know, seeing pictures of you two, I predicted you to be like an inch taller. I don't know how tall Kaysen is, but it's been um, it, it's been a second and I know that Kaysen's shorter than me. And so I just, I, didn't, I predicted around there. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I'm a little thinner, a little taller. Uh Look at you. I'll be up and up. Look at me. Look at me. You guys know how to make me feel good. Shout out to Dr. Kaysen himself, the heart of Chicago, not joining us on we this particular episode. with Kaysen in a while. We haven't, but he also was not flown to be with us. And he's a doctor, and you and I both are not. So we're going to ignore the fact that he's currently broke as a joke as an intern in Chicago. But Wait, I thought he wasn't an intern anymore. Oh, that's right. What is he, Keenan? You're his brother. Uh, he's in residency. So I think residency. he is making some sort of income... In the same way that a Subway sandwich artist would be making some sort of income. He's yes. sort of gotten to the the shift supervisor level of the there healthcare industry. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, And he clearly has his priorities all out of whack. I, as you mentioned, traveled thousands of miles to be here for this special recording. Case Le- in- abandoning wife and children yeah. in, in Northwest Ohio. I said, I got to do it, honey. I got to do it. I'll never be it. It's like Rocky Balboa. I won't be able to live with myself if I don't record this episode. <laughs> do you remember? So she, she, she said, go win, baby. Go win. <laughs> do you remember the <laughs> Last time that you were here, uh, but you recorded with us. I mean, I haven't. It's never happened, Christian. So I don't. What are you referring well, to? On the show, not, not oh. in person. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, Christian's having some kind of medical episode. I've never been here. That's why your brother's now, doctor. Yes. Okay. No. What was the last episode we recorded together? I, I'm pretty Oscars? sure it was, no, I think it was Super Mario Brothers. <gasps> yes! Oh no, that's right. What I got ganged up by you two grown babies telling me that the film. Mario movie was good. Christian, what a film. What a I film. still like it. I still think it's one of the better movies that has come out this year. I just watched it this morning. 
Did you really? No. I didn't, but I thought about it. I, I listen to the soundtrack regularly, and that's full of bangers. <laughs> uh, what, what's your favorite song from that soundtrack? Is it Take On Me by Aha, perhaps? <laughs> but reflecting on Mario driving through Donkey Kong's land? And... I, don't, I don't like that. Now, here's the thing. Now... Uh, I will say this, Scott, in, in your defense, because one of your biggest criticisms of the Mario movie, it was shallow, it, it, it was uh, weak storytelling, and it sucked. Let me, let me, let me push back. Mm-hmm. Or, in, I'm sorry, not push back, but let me, let me be on your side for a second. Okay. After seeing Elemental, I told Kaysen this as well, I, I, I see what you mean. Elemental, phenomenal movie. This podcast is not about Elemental tonight, but man, did I love Elemental. And after watching that and then watching the Mario movie so close together, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, Scott, he had a lot of good points. Like it, it is kind of a uh, very sugary, shallow, but I still loved it. But Elemental is like how it should be done. And see, that is, that's an okay perspective. I did not, not every... like Elemental. I, I really did not like Elemental. Ooh. Yeah, Christian went off on Elemental. Really we, we had to go to some couples counseling after the Super Mario Brothers movie Elemental. How many times punch. do we need to go to couples counseling? Uh, like he's getting a lot of money from us. What what people don't know, Christian, is that we record this podcast once a week, and we go to counseling once a week as well to keep it going without falling off the rails. The uh, look, let, let's let's. I, I, I honestly don't care about. Well, I, I care so much about this podcast. I don't really care about what we're talking about. Like, yeah. Like, so like, no, 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 no. Like the list that we made. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna be honest. Like we've we've told the listeners what these lists are. This is this is the first time this has ever happened. I normally care a lot about list making. Ooh. These movies could be swapped so many different ways for me. Yeah, like they could. Honestly, I was like. This is going here. Sure, why not? Let's put this at number four. <laughs> yeah. Let's go for it. I can relate to that a little bit, Christian, because, of course, today we are wrapping up our Modern High School movie rotation here. The keg is tapped, and we're on to, um, what do we say? I mean, there's not really a dessert beer sort of situation. But we're drinking 805. We're drinking 805 right now, but maybe a nice stout, you know, something after, I don't know. I don't know what Keenan, what would you say is like a... After dinner beer, <laughs> uh, duels O'Doul's. Now, <laughs> a non-alcoholic episode here. On tap that's how I, that's that was me in high. I was the O'Doul's in high school. I was very clean, very uh, you know by the books. Look at you. Uh, and now you are what? Yeah, you know I got a little bad boy in me, Christian. Uh, got a little got a little edge to me. So we're drinking the blonde. How, yeah, I I, <laughs> I I I must know. Has Brianna listened to any? Of your podcast episodes. She tells me she does, but I think she's lying to me, just to not hurt my feelings. Just now, downloads it to boost the stats a little bit. It, that's but. exactly right, yeah. <laughs> she'll listen, she'll, she'll restart it seven times just to boost those numbers. Now, I gotta say, high school is interesting to me, which is obviously what the episode's about tonight. I think high school movies in particular, and maybe, maybe you'll agree with this here, it, it's very dependent, and this kind of leads into a question you were asking, Christian, before we started recording, which we can get to, but like, it's very dependent on when you graduated. Like, what is the high school experience like to you personally? I feel like my list, a lot of the movies on it reflect kind of that time period where I was in high school, the way high schoolers talk, the way, like the vibes, you know? 
think, given our two lists, it feels like I'm 20 years older than you, Ben. Right, that's my point. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're mature beyond your years. You're it's funny looking at our lists because, Keenan, you know, the folks may not know, listening to your, your youthful voice talk here into their earphones, but you are 10 years older than we are. At least going off of year of high school graduation, you're 10 years older than me. And looking at your list, it is a couple movies from... The 2000s, the aughts, if you will, and then a few more from the 90s. But then you look at my list and Christian's list, and again, the, like for me, there's a couple. There's one recent release, same for Christian. For me, there's one from the 2010s, but then there's three from the 90s. And for Christian, you have a couple 80s movies, three 80s movies, I have three on your 80s list, movies yes. a 90s movie, and a recent release. So we're a little bit all over the place. And I'm sure as we get into the lists and talk about the movies that didn't make it, some honorable mentions, I'm sure, will come up. Looking at high school movies, there's so many options to pick from, and you kind of can't go wrong when you're putting together lists like this. So I'm not mad at anyone's list. Yeah, I uh, I'm mad at one thing. Well, I'm not mad at one thing. I'm confused about something. We're, we'll get to it when we get to my number two. Um, I, you've explained yourself, Scott, and I get it. Um, Keenan, you have yet to explain yourself, but we'll get there. We will I feel like there. I feel like my list speaks for itself, you know, just banger after banger. Then let's start with your list. We are going to start with your list, Keenan. This oh, first no. one, if anybody was going to put this movie on their list, I would have assumed it would be me or Christian because this movie came out. I knew it would be him if someone put this movie on. <laughs> this hey. movie came out when he and I were quite young, and it came out when you were, shall we say, actively working in the industry. It, it came out <laughs> when right. you were in this movie. Yeah, 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 I was. Which means your number five, Keenan, is kick us off. Ladies and gentlemen, my number five high school film of all time is none other than High School Musical. The (laughs) all-timer starring Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Tisdale, the guy who played her brother. Uh, Lucas Graybeal. Graybeal. Yeah, we got some some top-tier talent. Now... This is a complicated. This is a complicated uh, situation. Now, High School Musical is my number five high school film of all time because I have some deep connections to this film. We're not going to get. I mean, we can get as deep into it as we want to, but just you were in it. Cliff notes. <laughs> At the time, I happened to be dating Sharpay, actually Tisdale. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, okay. So that's where we're starting. If this podcast gets hit with a season <laughs> desist. <laughs> I'm really upset with you. Well, no, it's important. The context matters because I can't just say I was on the set in Salt Lake City, Utah, and Efron was tossing me the basketball during uh, friggin' what's that cafeteria song where they're dancing around talking about everyone's all... uh, Stick to the status quo. Thank you. Stick to the status quo. This is on your list, man. It is. You know, it's more of a feeling, though. It's more of a feeling. It's less in the details, more of a feeling. So uh, I have a special connection to this movie. Now, the first time I... Here's a little behind the scenes. The first time I ever saw this movie, it made me physically ill. Now, Tisdale had been hyping this thing for months, talking to me about, Keenan. this is something... Your, at the time, girlfriend. At the time, she was my girlfriend, yes. Now, she was saying, Keenan, this movie's something special. I really think we're all so excited about it. Kenny Ortega, the director of Dirty Dancing, he's in here. Kenny Ortega uh, directed Dirty Dancing? Kenny Ortega, didn't he direct Dirty Dancing 2, the bad sequel? <laughs> it's still, it's in the franchise. Now, Kenny Ortega directed some kind of 80s hit. Scott, uh, Scott, you're like my... You're, <laughs> Scott, you gotta look me up on that. I know. I think he directed. I I am on Kenny Ortega's IMDb as we speak. There's an oh Footloose maybe. 
Uh, he did direct Dirty Dancing. I was wrong. Whoa! Oh, wait, 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 wait. The Dirty Dancing TV series. No, okay. No, no. He, look, in the, look in the 80s. Kenny Ortega did some some, I'm, some I'm awesome. Looking at, I'm looking well, at Kenny Ortega, TV. he is a choreographer before he's a director. Yes. So he is he was brought in He on directed the Jonas Brothers concert film. There I remember that. And, and he directed the Michael Jackson This Is It, his final concert film. Yes. He was so tight with Michael. He's been around the industry forever. The, the movies that you might be thinking of that kicked off his career were Newsies in nope. the 90s with Christian Bale and Hocus Pocus, also Disney. Hocus Pocus for sure, but are we positive he did not direct any kind of like... I am positive. He no, directed okay, two I, episodes he, of the Dirty Dancing TV show. He was set to direct the 2011 Footloose remake, but mm-hmm. he left in 2009 due to differences with Paramount over the budget. There you go. Okay, so the point is, Kenny Ortega is directing this movie. Now, the reason that he I think... choreographed Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Dirty Dancing. Okay, maybe that's it. I knew there there was a connection to Swayze and Kenny Ortega. There it is. He choreographed. He was the one who set up that lake routine that we all remember so well. Now, with the movie itself, High School Musical. So as I was saying, Tisdale's hyping this thing to me for so long. She's saying this is something special. She shows me an advanced cut of the movie. We're sitting in her living room on the couch. She puts it on and hits play. And I'm sitting there in stunned silence. Now, men and women, we all know when a significant other is excited about something and they've been building it up and they finally show it to you, and it's a total turd, what can you do? You have to just nod along and say, very good, very good, sweetheart. And that's exactly what I did through through pain and agony. Now, why did I turn around on the movie? I turned around on the movie because after seeing it so many times and seeing how it blew up, it was such a cultural phenomenon, Tisdale was right. This was a special movie. I shouldn't have doubted it. Now, I think the problem is, I thought this was going to be more like a real movie. Not thinking of the Disney Channel vibes that this movie so clearly had. You know, yeah, this was, didn't hit theaters. This is a Disney Channel original movie. Disney Channel original <laughs> movie. I think in time, getting to the point of why it's on my list, it is like a comfort movie. It is so cheesy. It is so cornball. It is so just like not caring about existing in reality. But there's something comforting about that. It's like the songs are catchy. The songs are upbeat. The characters are all unique and likable in their own way they're all memorable and i feel like it just has that energy that the best musicals have even though i wouldn't put it up there with my favorite musicals but more importantly it is through and through a high school movie we get the high school sports experience high school drama experience what it means to be an outcast all the great tropes of high school movies they're all here and of course we get one of the one of the anthems i would say of the of the 2000s which is bop to the top <laughs> Christian, bop to the top. Thoughts? Um, it, 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 it's, it's memorable. Didn't they do that one on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody also? I they, think they, they did. They yeah. did a version of it. Yes, they did. They did? Yes, because there was when they were doing High School Musical in like a musical form at a summer camp or something that they were in. I don't know. This unlocked a core memory, guys. Ooh, special. Now, uh, we do, I, one more thing before I want to turn it over to you. That you were also in Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about Sweet Life. But I wanted, I, you did mention, as far as me being in High School Musical, I wasn't officially in the movie, but that when they were doing Stick to the Status Quo in the cafeteria, I did get a basketball thrown to me beside the camera, and I caught it. 
So, I mean, you could say I was in it. I pretty much carried the film. <laughs> a, a key role in the yeah. production If I crew. dropped it, the whole musical number would have been kaput. That so, take would have been ruined. I yeah. Mean, it's just, it's so. I put on receiving gloves before that ball was thrown to me. But uh, High School Musical number five, again, not, not nearly like my favorite. We're going to get to those. But it does have a special place in my heart for a number of reasons. The first time I saw it, it made me ill. Quote from Nicole <laughs> 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 number five. High School Movie of All Time. Hey. Hey, again, we mentioned Rocky before we started recording. This is like the end of Rocky Four. If I can change, yeah. and you can change, then all of us can change. That is two, two Rocky Four references on this yeah. podcast already. I've already imagined your wife showing up at the front door, much like Adrian showing up to Siberia, and hopefully that doesn't happen because, uh, you know, recording audio. I know, I, like, sometimes when I'm speaking to you, I feel, I don't know. You give me the, like, who, I don't know, some TV show where, like, the mom is grabbing the, or, no, the wife is grabbing, like, the husband by the ear pulling him away. I don't know. What King of Queens. There we go. <laughs> Basically any sitcom where any... some gorgeous and stunning and talented woman ends up with a schlub of a man. Ray Romano. Kevin hey, hey, we got no more Doritos. Just that... <laughs> okay, that's my number five. That's Keenan's number five, folks. So it's time Bro, for you're my number five. With your beer. You two are going on about High School Musical. I gotta do something to deal with the pain. I'm already on to my number five. You like High School Musical. I... You don't hate it. We've never once talked about High School Musical. <laughs> Do you dislike High School Musical? Move on. Move I, on. We're, we're, I, don't, I don't even know what my opinion about High School Musical is at this point because I haven't watched that movie since I was in maybe elementary school when it came out. So that's my thought. You guys want to hear a little gossip? Oh, great. <laughs> then we'll move on. A so. second to cease and desist letter so, has just arrived in so, the Cinema on Tap email inbox. Th- before Zac Efron was a vocal powerhouse... He couldn't sing worth a shit. Andrew Seeley. So, Scott already knows. I know. So, they cut Efron's vocals, replaced him with this dude, Drew Seeley, and Efron, he wasn't happy. So, one of the contingencies on the sequel, he said, I'll do it, but I'm singing. And sure enough, he sang. And that man sang the hell out of Bet On It Ooh. from High School Musical Ooh. 2. Ooh. That's all Efron. One of the greatest yeah. YouTube videos ever is Bet On It, but every time he says Bet On It, it gets faster. That's... <laughs> it's a classic <laughs> meme format. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from High School Musical, a classic that you can find on Disney+. Plus. My number five is a movie that we actually talked about on this show over the summer, which is Rushmore, written and directed Rushmore. by Wes Anderson. His second movie, of course... Starring Jason Schwartzman as Max Fisher, a precocious, beyond-his-years high school student who is basically in love with the fact that he is a student at Rushmore Academy, if only his grades could match up, but about him trying to fit in and find his way. It is a movie... Have you, have you seen Rushmore? Okay, I have seen Rushmore, but a lot of these movies, and we'll get to these as you go through your list, are movies that I maybe have seen one time back in my like blockbuster video days. So... I'm a little fuzzy, but I remember enjoying it. I watch Rushmore and I watch Royal Tenenbaums back to back. I like Rushmore. That's a great double feature. I love Rushmore. As listeners of this podcast will know, it grew in my estimations when I rewatched it. I really liked it the first time that I watched it, and I loved it again the second time. Don't want to go too in-depth on this one because, of course, I went at length about it a few months ago, but... A truly wonderful Jason Schwartzman performance in his debut film performance. He is so smart and funny as Max Fisher, this high school student who thinks that he's an adult and doesn't get along with high schoolers and likes to boss people around and start all of his clubs and write his elaborate plays. But really, he just needs to be 
loved and accepted like any other high school student. And he is so wonderful in that lead role. And Bill Murray, along with him, as Herman Bloom, this older dad of other students at the school who brings Max under his wing, is also so funny as he is doing his classic Bill Murray shtick. But in that part of his career where he's starting to revitalize things, work with different types of directors, get in touch with his more dramatic side, Rushmore is a great balance of that dramatic skill with the classic comedic uh, you know, wit that we know. And it's Wes Anderson. And it's Wes Anderson really finding his way with his style, where after Bottle Rocket, obviously, strong debut, but then Rushmore, he's starting to hone that visual style he becomes known for. But it's also not completely and utterly lost in it, which is some a, a common criticism of his more recent movies. Rushmore still feels very vibrant and alive, even though it has that Anderson style. So I wanted to include it as my number five here, as we're talking about. Which one of the cast members of Rushmore did you date? I did not date any cast members of the film Rushmore. Hey, I will say it's it's very interesting. I think it's cool too. It speaks to when directors and actors have this relationship and this this long lasting relationship. I think it speaks really well to to somebody like Wes Anderson that guys like Bill Murray and Schwartzman want to keep working with him and vice versa. You know, it, it always it makes me feel good to see those like those director actor like dynamic duos or you know however many are involved because. Yeah, it just speaks to the fact that they like what he's doing as a director and he likes what they're doing as actors. So it's cool to see the origins of that. I, I, I considered it for this list. It's just been too long since I've seen it. So that that became a thing. I, I really enjoy Rushmore. I, again, I'm a huge Luke Wilson fan. Luke Wilson's part in this, amazing. <laughs> All righty, Christian, let's go to your number five. You Are you surprised I had this at my number five? I When I saw this letterboxed entry come across my feed, I was a little surprised. I haven't seen this movie in a long enough time to have an in-depth opinion about it, but I was surprised. So go ahead and give us your number five. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's 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 incredible and look this is this is my criteria as I was as I was judging high school movies. Is this movie about high school, or is it just a movie with high schoolers? And I do think that there is a difference there. Bill and Ted they're they're going across history to grab random historical people and have them give their history reports that they don't flunk out of history. It's amazing. <laughs> and then the I, that, like look the the thing that really sold it to me, Billy the Kid has a great friendship with Socrates. And I go, man, that's amazing. <laughs> one of I, I watched this movie when I was in high school myself, and I haven't watched it since. It's one that I've wanted to rewatch for some time as I've become an even bigger Keanu Reeves fan. But one thing I will never forget is Keanu Reeves in this crazy valley guy accent <laughs> looking at Socrates and going, oh, it's so great. <laughs> And he's so great for the rest of the movie. Uh, I mean, also, like, what's more high school than procrastinating? And then needing, or, like, this deep form of anxiety. Not necessarily that you're going to flunk, but at the very last minute, you're not going to be able to do the report that you wanted to do. So does this make me think about, I, I'm, I'm someone who procrastinated quite a bit. Not anymore, but back then, I procrastinated <laughs> quite, if any of my bosses were listening, never. But it's, it's it, it, I think it just really captures that, like, anxiety but also turns it into something magical and not something that should continue producing anxiety i think it's really cool too that a movie like indiana jones and the dial of destiny looked at bill and ted for inspiration on how to uh progress their story and kind of wrap things up for a character like indy so really good stuff uh bill and ted just making waves in cinema even this this even in 2023 i will derail this <laughs> podcast to defend <laughs> dial of destiny against the both of you if i must uh. <laughs> 
Keenan, I, I told Christian, I, I told both of you this actually, but for the listeners at home, you and your brother did a summer roundup podcast that went, how long was this podcast? It was lengthy. It was like two and a half hours. It was like two and a half hours of you guys <laughs> talking through the summer because you had not recorded a new episode during the summer. And when I got to Dial of Destiny, I was driving. I'm sorry. And I was listening to your unfortunate opinions about this film, and I almost steered I, into I oncoming like traffic just to make a statement. And the funny, the, the funny thing shit. with that is, I remember when we before we reviewed it, I specifically said, "I'm going to try not to be too harsh on this and like be over the top with my criticisms." And then I just limp. I couldn't help it. I just went all in. Sorry, Christian. Sorry. I yeah. love that you love Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Now you got to get on the Bill and Ted's bogus journey and see if the the good vibes keep going. Someone told me that it's better, and I find that hard to believe. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. I, I myself have not seen it or Bill and Ted Face the Music. And I almost did a whole series watch just so I could... Or it's two movies, so almost watched the other two just so I could see Face the Music. But I never got around to it. So I'd like to catch up with them There's so one many day. movies I wish I could have seen for this list. I know. And, and then just... I, I, I did end up seeing a lot of... I did a lot of homework for this list. Keenan, you did no homework. I did nothing, no. I just showed... <laughs> I traveled the thousands of miles, which we've talked about, and flew Spirit Airlines in the middle of the you night. You flew Spirit... What? Oh. I did. Well, you know... Oh, you took the red eye, though? Inflation. It's rough out there, man. I can't, yeah. I can't be a splurging on Delta. Now, can I ask one question, and you see why our podcast lasts two and a half hours. Sure. While we're While we're in the Keanu Reeves space, no. this is going to sound like a criticism, an insult. I don't mean it that way. I love Keanu, but I really want you to think about this. Has there been an actor less talented at acting with more success than Keanu Reeves. I that's such a good way to put it and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I'm deeply offended frankly and I won't dignify the question with a response. <laughs> like even the Wick movies, <laughs> I love them. It's not love because them. of his acting. But his it's, act, it's like it's jarring. Like even in Wick you. 4 you're so, watching, like what is happening? You so so much. with the Wick movies, you know that he's all he's in the action scenes too. That's not like a stunt double where some dude is swapped. He's acting the whole time. It's not just when he's giving his intentionally I mean, awkward wait, line wait, deliveries. Um, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant as I say this. Schwarzenegger? Because yeah, yeah, I, I mean, thank that. you. I can see that for sure. <laughs> Stallone, like Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Stallone can be a good. Stallone has moments. Like Stallone built a whole franchise on terrible acting, and he did that like three times. So if we're gonna try and argue and say that Stallone is a, is giving good acting performances in the Rocky films, I might go down fighting like Rocky he, himself. But Oscar nominated for Creed. Come on, Creed, man, Stallone. Come on. I have not there? seen Creed. I have seen. Uh, Rocky through Rocky 4 and every time I watch a movie in the Rocky franchise I ask myself why I'm doing it to myself because my opinions go lower and lower with each entry Man, a lot. Okay. so there you go there's my answer All right. I, I actually do enjoy watching a still, uh, still on movie every now and again you seen Cobra Keenan? oh yeah oh yeah oh, utterly yeah. insane oh, yeah. movie incredible is, is they, don't make, they don't make him like that anymore <laughs> Cliffhanger dude Cliffhanger he's putting in work as an actor <laughs> him and Rooker dude, him and Michael Rooker love Michael Rooker. And speaking right. of things that I love, this podcast. Number four on your list, Keenan. I'm scrambling. <laughs> Let me see. Okay. You forgot. You uh, don't even know what your list is. Let me see. Well, you know, again, Spirit Airlines. I got you right here. Don't worry. Thank you. Okay. number My number four. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a fun one. Now, have you guys seen this movie? I have not. I want to, but I have not. Is this? I, I forgot what it is. My number four movie. My number four high school movie of all time is High School Musical 2. No, I'm joking. My number four high school movie of all time is Varsity Blues, starring... I was telling you before 
this That's, recording session that I hadn't seen it. My brain is mushed. Come on, dude. I'm in a different time zone. Now, uh, Varsity Blues is great. We have, obviously, the talents of, of Titans like James Vanderbeek, Paul Walker, John Voigt was showing up. <laughs> okay, okay let's, let's, let's stop no, for a second. Okay. No, no, no. Stop for a second. What is this movie about? This is about <laughs> high school football in West Canaan, Texas. Now, so James, it's Friday Night Lights. Correct. Now, okay. exactly. <laughs> it is. But to be fair, Friday Night Lights is Varsity Blues because this came out in 1999 before Friday Night Lights. That's true. That's exactly right. Now, it is not real, though. Friday Night Lights, I think, was based on an actual football team. Now, Varsity Blues is just completely embellishing the high school experience. But this is a movie like we talked about at the top. It's so much tied to how I was going through high school. I know I, I was in middle school at the time, but like... That was kind of the vibe, especially in small town Ohio. Not Texas, but like still, football was everything. Everybody loved the football team. They How's were your fantasy team doing? Uh, I don't. I don't play fantasy, Christian. I, I don't believe in uh, betting or gambling. Well, I'm in your league, so <laughs> no, that's, not, that's a survivor league. That's, that's not a survivor league. Okay. <laughs> it's totally different, and we definitely didn't put money on it. Yeah. We're not gambling here. <laughs> no, but uh, so Varsity Blues is a movie that that's is so rewatchable. It is so ridiculous. I'm out $50 in this league. <laughs> Let the man talk about Varsity Blues. Christian, I, I can't think about your financial struggles as I'm trying to talk about James Vanderbeek. This is a movie that was very much born to of the MTV era. It was like highly, like it was all about embellishing the high school experience. A lot of drinking, a lot of partying, yeah. a lot of sex, a lot of like hot girls who... It's weird looking back on it now that they were in high school because they're acting more like 24-year-olds. But as, you know, as what I would have been in seventh or eighth grade, we loved it. It was like the dream scenario. And I feel like John Voight's performance, if you've seen Varsity Blues, you know what I'm talking about. He plays the perfect prickish coach that you just hate. You can't stand Voight. And I feel like that kind of put it over the edge. Paul Walker as the star quarterback. We've seen it a million times. Star quarterback who gets injured. James Vanderbeek as the backup. He's got to step it up. Win the game. Win the championship. Get the girl. Ooh, it's so good. You know who else was in this movie? What is James Kahn's son's name? Scott? Kahn? It sure is. Scott, yeah. From one Scott to another. Yes, Scott Kahn. He was in this. His name was Tweeter in the movie. And <laughs> he was like the textbook. Like He was like Stifler. He was like the prototype for Stifler. He was the wide receiver on the team. He was the partier, the alcoholic, the drinker. And he would just go out and get it done on the field. Great movie. Uh, and I feel like, too, what you touched on, Christian, this is a high school movie. I know me and Scott, I think, both have a movie on our list that I was a little hesitant on. Because uh, I don't know if it fits the parameters. But Varsity Blues... Varsity Blues is a high school movie through and through. It is all about the high school experience. So, great movie. There is something deeply American about high school football. Yes. Where it is yes. it is purely for the love of the game for most of the people. And there are so many good football movies, but high school football especially is up there. I mean, a movie that I considered and ultimately didn't put on my list is Remember the Titans, mm. which is, again, a I, movie... I really enjoy... It's more about the coaches. It's more about the coach, and it, it's it's set in high school, but yeah, it doesn't feature high school students as like the sole leading characters, but in that movie, high school football is so powerful, it solves racism. So yeah, <laughs> high school football is such yeah. a deeply American idea and varsity blues has been on my watch list for that reason plus it was actually covered on a different podcast called the rewatchables purely about rewatchable movies and that's it's been on my radar since then i just haven't gotten around to it 
last thing, if you really want to get hyped for this movie, guys, this is the movie that famously has Amy Smart in the whipped cream bikini that was... <laughs> This was before memes and Twitter existed, but man alive, this was a viral moment before is, there was such a thing. Wait, this, isn't that the one that was parodied in Not Another Teen Movie? Yes. Not that, Another that's, Teen... That's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, Chris Evans... Chris Evans, the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We are staying in 1999 as we get to my number four movie, which is 10 Things I Hate About You. A, yep. a classic yep. of the Shakespeare adaptation set in modern times, of course, adapting Taming of the Shrew here, which stars Julia Stiles and Larissa Olenek, an actress who blew up and an actress who did not, but as two sisters, Kat and Bianca, who the younger sister, Bianca, wants to go on dates and go out to parties, but her dad's rule is that she can't go out unless her older sister is dating too. And so, to get the mean, ultra-feminist older sister out and about so that she can go out, she sets her up with none other than Patrick Verona, as played, played by, by Heath Ledger. And <laughs> this movie is a movie that I have not seen... Oh, I have not seen it in a few years. I, I watched it multiple times in college, though, and... It is an absolute classic. It's a movie that I wish I could have rewatched if I wasn't doing some other homework for this episode because really at the center of it, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles are so good as this um, not really will-they-won't-they they couple because we've seen this kind of rom-com before. We know that they will. There's, there's a character who gets a penis drawn on his face and he's an Oppenheimer. David Krumholtz. Killian yes. Murphy. Yes. Oh. Not, not yeah. Killian Murphy, but yes. Uh, David Krumholtz, he's here. He's playing a geek across from Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who... Yeah, I mean, there, there's just a great cast here as well, but the high school movie, using a Shakespearean play as a template, like, it's... I don't know if this is the first one. I don't... In terms of the modern adaptation, I'm sure that it wasn't. I mean, West Side Story was doing it in the past, so was this before Romeo and Juliet? Baz Luhrmann or around I want to say it after because Romeo yeah. Juliet is '96, I think. 95, yeah, '96. So for that, that that is a using the original text though, right? But setting it in modern times. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is more of an adaptation, and you have something like She's the Man comes along later, which does uh, Twelfth Night in in a modern setting. But Ten Things I Hate About You. Uh, just really it is a movie that I love it is so funny but you also have this amazing Heath Ledger performance at the middle of it playing the bad boy Ooh. who is sort of motivated by money but of course because he gets paid to go out with uh, with Julia Stiles and her, her mean character but of course he falls for her along the way and it, and it builds to these iconic scenes um, and of course now I'm going to screw it up because I'm forgetting the song that he sings to her out Ooh. on the soccer field uh, isn't it I love you, baby. Yes, yes, the Frankie Valli, the Four Seasons song. And just this great moment as he's like belting it out to her in the middle of her soccer practice. But you also get really sweet moments too in the rom com style. Like at the very Julia end. Julia Stiles gives that poem. Yes, where she's reading this beautiful poem to, to him after he's broken her heart, of course. And then we know that they're going to be reunited by the end of it. And she just like sells the heck out of that moment. It is so touching. You start crying with her. I mean,. It's a, it's a classic rom-com, classic high school movie, too, and it makes me miss Heath Ledger so much because we deserved a whole life uh, with this guy, and he was taken from us. He didn't make that many movies. I, did not like, make that many movies. Even in, I feel like he also could have had the chance to make more movies and chose not to. I mean, 
his career was starting to take off though because he by the time he died you know he had the dark knight and he ultimately won the oscar for that partially due to his loss and it was a posthumous win but he i mean he was in big movies building up to that and dark knight was where he really was going to blow up so it's a shame it's a shame but you also got joseph gordon levitt david crumholtz here gabrielle union is here people will recognize her allison janney is playing a weirdly horny guidance counselor nice. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. that he was super horny there was something about a bratwurst joke well she's she is writing an erotic novel in school while um doing her job as as the as the counselor I, I believe she's a counselor she may be a teacher but yeah it is a very funny movie very touching movie in yeah. some respects as well I uh, want to give another quick shout out. A, I have this here for this category. Another like classic literary adaptation that I also love, but I not as much as Ten Things I Hate About You is Clueless, which is another classic I'm of, of a similar genre. Clueless didn't so. make your list. Really, it's because I have seen Clueless once. I've seen Ten Things I Hate About You multiple times. I'm a little more familiar with it, okay. so once it's in there. But yeah, Clueless is sort of like the honorable mention for this category. Cool. Biggest problem with this movie, don't like Julia Stiles. I'm sorry. Maybe a controversial opinion. Now, when I saw her show up in Born, Su- Born Supremacy, I said, oh, it's Julia Stiles. And I got, I, I, it took me out of it. Something about her, I just don't, I don't vibe with it. Now, Heath Ledger's on fire in this movie. He's great. Julia Stiles, I feel like you could have replaced her with, I'm just trying to think of who I would have liked in the role more. But you're right. She crushed the, <laughs> she crushed the palm seat. She, she did. She crushed it. But it's just, a, it's a personal thing. That's why I, I didn't mean, yeah, like she's also playing a difficult character. Like she is, like the way that they portray this sister who's difficult to date, which is, is that the like, shrew. Yes, as the Taming of the Shrew suggests, is that she is an ultra feminist who's not interested in high school boys because they're not serious enough for her. She doesn't want to, you know, do all of the classic things that girls in high school movies do. And Patrick, that's a good point. She Patrick, was almost like the way she was written; it was intentional. Like she, yeah, yeah. Patrick. Uh, Heath Ledger's character wins her over, of course, and, and you, you know, she softens as their relationship develops. But Julia Stiles also, like, unfortunately, she's still acting, of course, she's still in things, but she didn't blow up and become a megastar. Um, she certainly had her moments in the spotlight, but this is kind of her one of like the big highlights of her career. So, and then Crumholtz went on to do yes. Santa Claus Three, <laughs> uh, and Crumholtz appears in a movie that we will get to on your list later, Keenan. Okay. But Christian, I would turn to you for your number four, but it also appears on Keenan's list higher up. So we're actually going to put a pause on your number four. Wait till we get to number two on Keenan's. Okay. And for now, we're going to actually go back to Keenan for number three, and that movie is... My number three high school film of all time is none other than the super mega horny classic American Pie. It's 1999, baby. We're still in 1999. <laughs> hey, 1999 was just peak for all things youth. You is know, that's where he has sex with an apple pie. He does. Yes. Okay. Eugene Levy walks in and then he <laughs> says, "We'll just tell your mother we ate it all." Very awkward. Now, Jason Biggs, this blew up this guy's career. Now, obviously, a lot of talent coming from this. Sean, what else has he done besides be the dude in Orange Is the New Black? That's what I was about to say. So you took it from me. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think he pretty much just played the dude from. <laughs> no. Well, he was in some shit. He was in like a. Uh, he was in some other stuff. Like he was in like American Pie two, and then American Pie three, American, and then the next, American yeah, Reunion. Yeah. But American Pie is actually similar to Varsity Blues in the sense that it really does feel like it's coming from that MTV era of like let's push things, let's make things a little raunchier, a little bit, uh, you know, more more excessive. Uh, there's a movie from the 80s called Porky's, which is like... <laughs> now, when I was a kid... 
<laughs> have you guys heard of this? Yes. I have heard of Porky. Yes, now, I have heard of Porky. Now, too. when I was a kid, this was the stuff of legend. This was like the naughty movie that you gotta you gotta try to sneak and watch. Now, American Pie took a lot of inspiration from Porky's, like a very horned up. We're high school guys. We're just looking to bang, bang, bang. And that's kind of the whole premise of the movie. These four dudes are trying to lose their virginity by the end of prom night, I think. Or by the do end of end graduation. Do they end up losing their virginity by the end of graduation? I'm not going to spoil the movie on this podcast, but I'll say yes, they do. Uh, now, now here's, here's the great thing about American Pie. What is the great thing it, about American Pie? It's, it is, just like Varsity Blues, it is excessive, it is over the top, but the, the camaraderie and the mm. friendship between these four main characters, Jason Biggs, Sean William Scott, uh, the guy who... Uh, was with Stifler. I can't think of the other actors' names, but the other two guys were great too. Now, these, this four, the core four here, really have a realistic and believable friendship, and it made you like not only relate to to their experience, but also like you kind of like wanted to have a connection and a friendship like that. Like Stifler was the kind of prickish friend; they always kept at a distance, but they secretly loved him. And then Jim is like the super awkward. Uh, you know, Jason Biggs' character, super awkward, um, just nerd. Everything bad always happens to him. Uh, and we can't forget about Eugene Levy. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm I was going to say it if you didn't say it. Uh, the, the other actor in this movie? I'm thinking of an actress who is the same age as Eugene Levy, that age range, a very famous mom. Chris Klein? He's he is in this movie. Okay. I was thinking of a no, mom character. Yeah, you're thinking of <laughs> Stifler's mom, played by Emmy winner... Uh, from White Lotus, uh, I'm blanking on her name. Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Coolidge. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. And I'm so mad because when Jennifer Coolidge won the Emmy, she spoiled White Lotus season two in her acceptance speech. And I yelled at the screen and said, no. But anyway, American Pie, great movie, great soundtrack. I believe Blink was on the soundtrack. Uh... Great soundtrack. Blink-182 was on it. Also, this is the era, too, and I, I would love to really do a deep dive into this with you two gentlemen, uh, especially you, Scott, of especially. hyper-sexualization of anything and everything. Now, now Keenan, <laughs> how come you say especially you, Scott, after talking hyper-sexualization? Well, I'm looking at Christian's uh, Victoria's Secret calendar pinned to his wall right now, mm -hmm. and I know you know, I know he's, he's, he's playing the game, but Scott, I know you're, you are... Uh, you might feel differently about this. So I want to know, how do you feel about movies like Varsity Blues, oh like American Pie, having things like the whipped cream bikini, having well, things like Shannon Elizabeth showing up just to be the hot foreign exchange student that gets naked? Um, That's as a real a, question. I'm as not even a noted opponent of sex in general. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Look, I, I think... The it's it's a a tale as old as time, or maybe not as old as time, but a tale as old as recent American history, where it's so key to people have people are horny. People are horny, and and the young people especially are super horny, and they want to take care of that in in natural and hopefully healthy ways. Right, and that's why it's the bedrock of high school movies is people trying to either lose their virginity or sleep with that special someone or cross some kind of thing off their bucket list before they go to college or before they go off to war, you know, depending on the era of high school movie. I, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I, I don't think any of my movies are about people trying to get laid. Oh, maybe my fourth one-ish. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, there are people trying to get laid in that movie for sure. But it, it's that, that. I mean, it's also just oh, my third one too. Yeah, I guess I, mean, I, I, I guess I'm it's, my it's fifth like one. it is a relatable a situation. Bit my second one, Christian, <laughs> where where like myself in high school, I I had a moral idea and a moral compass that said I did not want to seek out getting laid. But other people don't make that choice for themselves, and they're growing up, and they're coming into themselves, and they're dating, and they're trying to become the person they want to be. And for a lot of people, that includes like exploring their sexuality, and so. So it's only natural that like sexuality and the act of losing your virginity specifically is so key to these high school movies, which, as Christian and I talked about a lot this month, are often coming of age movies, and that's a key part of coming of age is discovering that part of yourself. Where even yeah. if you're a, a straight person, like a straight man, just trying to like take that next step into adulthood, like it's incredibly relatable. Where like everybody can experience this, even if you yeah. everyone has. seeking out sex, you found people to be attractive, and the idea of sex in American high schools and probably most high schools in the world was there. Yeah, and that's why again, like that we can move on there. But like that was well said, and I think that's too why Stifler is such a great character because Stifler represents the guy in everybody's high school that acted like they were like a sex god. You know, like I know everything about. Sex. He was like very. Uh, braggadocious and like over the top but but you could tell everyone knew he was kind of like full of shit absolutely uh, so anyway American Pie Christian we now turn to you because you and I actually have the same number three yes we do and I will let you talk about it so far away we've talked about it this month and it's Lady Bird that's right it is um, it is the most recent movie I believe to appear on any of these lists it is and it I, I, I was thinking about it because for a while I was trying to decide whether it was a high school movie or a movie about a high schooler, and it is inextricably linked to this high school. And the amount... It, it literally shows everything in high school from the girl who is trying really, really hard to, you know, make the school musical and getting, like, a role that she really doesn't like to her, applying to college because she wants to get out of her hometown, to her losing her virginity, to her, like, speaking of everything we were just talking about, to her trying to be close with her friends while also not leaving behind her old friends, to uh, other students, like, having crushes on teachers and hanging out in parking lots because when you're a high schooler, you basically, you know, have no rights, so you, it's not really like you can hang out anywhere else to... Her, like, getting her first job, and it it encompasses everything about high school. There is not a single line in this movie that is badly written. Like, the dialogue is so perfect in this movie. And honestly, watching it, I thought, man, I remember all of these things that they are doing that I did in high school. So, Lady Bird, absolutely. Yeah, I have really uh, nothing I want to add at this point, only because you summed that up so well, and we just talked about it at length. So, obviously, number three on both of our lists. It's beloved to both of us. Keenan, do you have any Ladybird thoughts that you wanted to share? Greta Gerwig can't make a bad movie, right? Amen, brother. She's untouchable. Now, I think this movie... It's interesting you said this movie, Christian, like really spoke to you about your high school experience, because I think I, I did really love this movie, but I feel like movies more like Varsity Blue... Like, Ladybird was a fascinating character, you know, like yep. study on, on uh, Ronan. Tell me your first name, Scott. I'm going to butcher it. Sersha. Sersha, thank you. Uh, she I was, thought you were a Sersha Ronan fan. I am a Ronan fan, but I'm bad at pronunciation, so you got to bear with me. I wanted to call her Sorcy, and that's wrong. Now, she was so good in this movie, but it felt like this wasn't really speaking to my high school experience. I, I, uh, I, I think that is a key distinguishing factor. Whereas something like this. American Pie, Varsity Blues, 
it, it felt high school, even though it's heightened hypersexualization. That's not what I'm saying. The Keenan color story, but, but that was more just kind of like the immaturity and goofiness of high school felt more relatable to me than obviously Lady Bird's a much better movie, clearly, but like not as like maybe rewatchable or like I don't know. High School Musicals are number five. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, here's the other thing we got to say about Lady Bird. One thing about the, like, relatability piece, what's funny is that, obviously, I had a different experience from Lady Bird growing up. I'm a boy, not a gal, and I didn't grow up in Sacramento. This is the fourth time this month you need to clarify that you're not a woman. And this is, like, the 19th time this episode you've interrupted me, Christian. Let me me say my piece. I'm going to let you finish, Sway. I'm going to let you finish. And the thing, and like there are differences between me and her, obviously, uh, about our lives, but the one piece that I always find so relatable about this is that she's in a Catholic school. And I said Mm. on that episode, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I did go to private Christian school. And there's little nuances of that life that are captured in Lady Bird, where like the private school uh, just experience that always make me smile and chuckle as I think back to my own high school days. So relatability as it pertains to these movies is is funny because for some people, there's a movie that almost exactly captures their experience and then for some people there are major differences but you can still find yourself in certain like details uh or maybe the character is living an entirely different life with you but they have a relationship to one of their parents that you can totally relate to it's it's one of the cool parts of these types of movies is that for almost all of us in america we go to high school we graduate from high school and we can connect to different parts of the experience and, and that's what's so fun about the genre even now at 27 i'm still relating to high schoolers in some ways watching these movies again it's making me nostalgic of course as opposed to connecting with me in a moment but i can still relate i taught high schoolers i did not relate to them <laughs> hey also a big shout out to our beautiful boy timmy chalamet that's right just putting in work in this movie yeah, Keenan, you're basically one of the card-carrying members of the Timothy Chalamet fan club. How's your Wonka vibes? You, you feeling good about that? I have no doubts at all. Once <laughs> we hear, I mean, look, I saw the first trailer, had some doubts, but uh, I, I watched it a few more dozen times, and now I'm sold. I'm in. I think Timmy's gonna carry. <laughs> what are your Chloe Kardashian takes now that they're dating? That is not Chloe. That's Kylie. Chloe that's Kardashian. Kylie. I... <laughs> and she's a Jenner. She's not a Kardashian. Now here's I'm the thing. Sorry. Now, we've talked about Timmy and, and Kylie privately. Uh, behind the scenes because yes. that's the kind of conversations we have I think it's great you know Timmy's out there he's living the youthful life he's clearly following in Leo's footsteps rocking that PR relationship make, getting financially compensated for his personal time here's what I'm, here's really what I believe I don't think they're serious. I think they are friends. I think that's like they've been friends because of a connection. Who, there's like some connecting bridge there. It doesn't matter. But I feel like they're just young and having a good time. You know? They're not trying to be in like some I'm older Romeo. than Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Christian, yeah, that's going to start happening to you a lot more as you, as you start to realize that we are aging and in, in our 20s. This happens to me all the time with sports now where I'm like, oh, man, that professional yes. football player is 23 years old. Yo, all the time. No, that when I found out I was older than Tua, I got so sad. Yeah, I'm 10 years older than you, Christian. How do you think I feel? <laughs> I'm like as old as your Jean-Claude time has, Van Damme. No, your time has passed, so it's really not a... <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. Alrighty, fellas. It's time to go to another movie that is on two lists because we're talking about Christian's four and Keenan's number two. And I'm going to tell you, this movie would have been on my list. I kept it off for uh, a couple reasons specifically, but it would have been on all three of our lists if I had just kind of thrown caution to the wind. But seeing that it was on both of yours, I'm now happy that it's going to get talked about. And Keenan, that movie is... Hello, Sydney. (laughs) 
It's the one and only Scream, 1996. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was an 11-year-old child, much too young to watch this, but I went to the Defiance, Ohio movie theater with my father. My dad asked my sister, she's a couple years older than me, daughter, can I take Keenan to this movie? He's 11 years old. And my sister, because she's cool, she said, absolutely, dad. Went to the movie, had a blast. One of the most memorable theater experiences. This was textbook. Imagine an 11-year-old watching these characters. We get the comedy legend Jamie Kennedy. We get Matthew Lillard of Scooby-Doo fame in this thing. Nev Campbell, smoking, dude, like the mask, Jim Carrey. And we also get, I mean, maybe Rosario Dawson. No, that's not right. No, no, it is not. <laughs> Wait, what is that? I'm sorry, Courtney, Dawson. Is it Courtney Cox? Courtney Cox? No, no, Tatum. What? What? Why am I blanking? Oh, Rose, Rose McGowan. <laughs> I am old. Holy hell, Rose McGowan. Listeners of this podcast, imagine being an 11 year old child seeing Rose McGowan on screen. What would that do to your psyche? It's an important moment. It changed me that day. (laughs) Now, I couldn't acknowledge this because my father was in the seat next to me, but great movie. Getting to the actual film itself, Scream is iconic. It's one of my favorite horror movies ever. The reason I think we wavered on this is because is it, or maybe what Scott's talking about, I thought the same thing. Is this a high school movie? It doesn't necessarily revolve around high school. This is obviously a horror movie, slasher movie, but... I feel like high school is in it enough. They're in the halls of the high school, hanging out outside the high school. The principal, played by Henry Winkler, obviously uh, has a a great small part. So I think as a young 11-year-old, I looked at this like this is what high school is like. All the dudes are as cool as Billy Loomis. Damn, I want to be funny like Matthew Lillard. Man, I wish I had a friend like Jamie Kennedy. Man, I wish I had a friend like Rose McGowan. And I think uh, it just speaks to that time and place. Again, 90s was peak high school. So I love love experiencing young Keenan Culler just starting to experience his own sexuality. Like Ralph Ralph Wiggum? I like girls now. Yeah. So, so what I also love is that we're going to dinner and getting drinks after this. So Ooh. this is you basically sober. Yeah, per, this is my professional. I'm professional right now, so... I've noticed no differences uh, <laughs> between this and his normal podcasting self from the Hollywood Week podcast. No, but for real, uh, real quick, just and then I'll turn it over to Christian, who also has this on his list. I think that Scream is a high school movie because the characters, although it was in the 90s where they're casting 25-year-olds as, you know, 17-year-olds... It still felt relatable. The way they would go to high school, talk about, you know, Drew Barrymore getting killed. It was like gossipy whispering around the halls, like Nev Campbell and Billy Loom, uh, Nev Campbell and uh, Ski Ulrich, the relationship and how it was that kind of he's sneaking in through the window, very Dawson's Creek style. It had a lot of those high school elements where they still were written like younger characters, if that makes sense. Um... Before I before I talk about why this is on my list, because Scream is maybe my favorite horror movie of all time. I don't I don't know. I'd have to like do the do the ranking on that. Absolutely um, up there for me, which is why it was I yeah. you know, I'm glad you guys talked about it because I wanted to talk about it myself. No, um the what was I gonna say? Oh I'm gonna be um the Hollywood Week podcast is a fantastic podcast, and everyone who's listening should check it out. Unless you're a fan of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Trigger warning, if you are, like myself. Uh, Christian, I appreciate the plug. <laughs> Did your mind just go, you just Mitch McConnell on us right now? No. 
Okay. Well, maybe you were going to talk about the house party at the end of the movie. I was going to talk about the house party at the end of the movie. And I was actually going to talk about when they're at the video store right before that. Um, There is something... The most high school thing about this movie to me is um, miss... Not being able to fully grasp what danger is. It's like people in this, you know, high school are being stabbed to death. And what they do, because school gets canceled, is they go to a video store to grab some movies, and then they all have a massive sleepover in one of their houses. And it is so bizarre, and yet one of the most realistic things that a high schooler would do, which is misunderstand danger and use that as an excuse because school is canceled to um, to be with their friends. I come from Florida. We are the land of hurricane parties. Ooh. <laughs> We are the land of people taking their surfboards out to catch the massive waves during hurricanes. That is where I come from. And for a high schooler who, um, on, and honestly, if there was a serial killer at your high school or like attacking people at your high school, you your mind would not be capable of comprehending it. Maybe you would be able to know, hey, I'm going to like stay with my parents or maybe go away for a little bit. But this is also the like the length of stupidity that a high schooler would make, while also being so beautifully directed, so beautifully crafted, and and one of the most hilarious movies ever made. I mean, the best part about watching Scream for the first time as an adult, which is what I did when we talked about it again on this show when we looked at slasher movies last October, is that you catch all of the references that they're making to other horror movies or just to movies in general. And Jimmy Kennedy's whole character, like his whole thing is that he is the horror movie expert. And so he realizes that they are abide that the killer is abiding by certain rules of horror movies, you know? And there there are ways where Wes Craven as the director here who's directed classic horror movies is using those rules to make it fun for us to watch, but then he also subverts them at different times that keeps the movie uh, makes you stay on your toes. It's unexpected. And, and of course, like the famous reveal at the end of the movie is that there's two killers, not just one. Uh, it, it's, it is so fantastic as a high school movie, as a slasher movie, but also just a a movie for people who love movies. Like yeah. there's so many boxes that Scream checks and it's why it's so special. And the cast was just like on fire. I mean, this was one of those casts that like you can imagine everybody in 96 just like loving these characters, loving these actors. And I think the other thing, uh, we got to mention Wes Craven. The interesting thing with Wes Craven, who directed this, he really, really took so much of what he did in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was like the Freddy Krueger movie that was super meta, super, I believe, I think that came out in it, 94. But isn't that movie also about, like, it is about Wes Craven, who's a character making in the movie, movie, making a New Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Right. But it's almost like you saw him dip his toes in the meta world, right. where it's like, ooh, we can comment on, like, uh, you know, horror as a whole. And then he just ran with it in, in Scream. And the other thing we have to bring up is Kevin Williamson, who wrote the script. Which a phenomenal script. He was like, for a while, for probably a decade, was like Mr. High School Guy. Like, just writing. Uh, he also wrote uh, The Faculty with like, and I thought about that movie with like Usher, uh, Josh Hartnett. And I think he wrote Halloween H2O, <laughs> which, oh which clearly was like inspired by Scream with like the, hi- the the dynamics between Michelle Williams, Josh Hartnett. It was. Didn't he do a polish on I Know What You Did Last Summer? He may have, because that's another right, yeah. high school set slasher movie with a super hot cast yeah. <laughs> as they're trying to escape this okay. serial murderer. Qu- question, and I, I, if, if you answer wrongly, this is going to make me really sad. I won't. What were your thoughts on Scream 6? Absolutely loved it. Ooh, yes, okay, cool, cool, cool. We're going to, amazing, yeah. thank you, thank Scream you. Scream 6 is so good. Hey, here's, <laughs> here's the controversial thing, though, that me and Kaysen somehow both agree on. We've said this, we, we ranked the entire Scream franchise. 
I think Scream 4, which is a rando movie kind of sandwich in the middle, is the best. I love Scream 4. I don't agree with you, but yeah. it's like it's like two or three for me. Scream 4 is two or three. It's it's amazing. Scream 4, like, to me, number one, you had Hayden Panettiere coming in just to, like, killing it. You, you it, were super-duper obsessed with Hayden Panettiere wow. in that movie, and I remember watching it, knowing that you guys felt that way about Kirby. her in that movie as Kirby, and I was like, there is about... 25% as much Kirby in this movie as I thought there would be based know, yeah. on... Well, that, that's the why they just gave you a taste. Yo, and, and, taste. I, will, I love Emma Roberts in Scream 4. Emma Roberts is so good in Scream 4. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in And general, the motivation. If you remember her yeah. motivation for why she, why what, what was happening was happening, it was like, this yeah. is genius. Are, are you excited for Scream 7? Yes, but they have to... I've heard rumors Ortega might not be coming back because I think that's impossible, almost. Yeah, like, she sad. has to be in the movie, yeah. but... I am intrigued because Scream 5 and 6 definitely took like a gorier, like more violent approach. But the director for Scream 7 is the one who did um, Happy Death Day, which is very much more comedic. Than, I mean, it's, it is it is violent, but it's really funny. And so I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. I also don't understand. You'll know. What's the name of the directing duo who did Scream 5 and 6? Radio it's Silence? Radio Silence. Radio yeah. Silence. So... Isn't it weird that they can't just lock those guys down and be like, just finish your trilogy? Like, you made two... Why would you not come back to just wrap it up? A trilogy, I kind of get, actually. But I will say they probably don't want to be stuck making screen movies for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and I totally get that, but it's like, you establish these new characters. They call them the core four. Exactly. It's like, wouldn't you want to come back? And you'd think as successful as these movies are now, they could pay them. What, like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you Those guys, much more. they're also blowing up right now, and they are apparently making a sequel to Escape from New York, which is the John Carpenter series. That's fascinating. They're making a monster movie for Universal Pictures. So they, they've got some other stuff going on when will those movies come out and then when will Harry Styles know. be in the, the MCU again um, unrelated <laughs> unrelated question he played uh, Star Fox indeed he did yeah he did hey speaking of changes in tone let's talk about the only movie on any of these lists that is not a comedy arguably at least <laughs> but that is my number two movie The Perks of Being a Wallflower it's been um, years since I've seen this movie, bro. It's been years since I've seen this movie, Christian, as well. But again, it passes the "Have I seen it multiple times?" test. Keenan, it, it features an, an an actor who most people hate right now. Yes, Ezra Miller. Indeed. Uh, yes, Perks of Being a Wallflower <laughs> does feature the Flash themselves, but it stars Logan Lerman, who is Charlie, and a high school freshman who is nervous about entering high school for multiple reasons. But he's also dealing with the suicide of a friend. And has some things that he's working through from his past, but he gets brought under the wing of some seniors, who Ezra Miller is one of them, but also very notably to the year 2012, Emma Watson, who's playing yes. Sam, and who, uh, she becomes the senior who catches Charlie's affections. Logan um, Lerman's been in a lot of thirst picks recently. The internet, is, Logan Lerman is kind of a permanent internet's boyfriend kind of guy, at least for a certain subset of film fans. I did think that was Timmy. I thought that was Timmy. There, there are, be there are many, one, you know? many boyfriends of the internet. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, Logan um, was in a show called Hunters on Amazon Prime, where they infamously resurrect Adolf Hitler as the main villain. Yes. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's about Al Pacino. No, no one's seen it. And Logan no Lerman hunting it, Nazis. So yeah, but Perks of Being a Wallflower. There are funny moments, of course, but it is more dramatic. There's some more serious subject matter as well. But it's a movie that I saw in high school. It's one of those movies that I, you know, mm-hmm. it. 
intersected with me at the right time of my life, and it became one of my favorite movies of that era. And although I haven't seen it, I don't think since high school, maybe I watched it once in college, but it's still a movie that is so special to me. And there's so many moments that are that have stuck with me over Paul the years. Paul Rudd is a teacher, right? Paul Rudd is a That's small part, is a teacher. Yeah, there, there's a lot of recognizable actors. And also, it has that high school quality of people who went on to bigger things. Like Ezra Miller, obviously would go on to be in the Fantastic Beasts movies and become The Flash. Who can forget those movies? Who can forget? Uh, but there, there's other folks here, like Johnny Simmons. I know I've is seen a the second face. Fantastic Beasts movie. I don't know what happens. Nina Dobrev of the Vampire Diaries fame. Ooh. Nicholas Braun playing Ponytail Derek. Classic character name, but also uh, Succession's very own. Great. Can I jump in and tell a Nicholas Braun story? Please, working, please do. Working background on the hit film Sky High. I don't know what year this was. You were in Sky High. I was in the background. Now, that's irrelevant to the story. But Nicholas Braun, incredibly nice guy. So Nicholas Braun, this is one of those stories that sounds made up. It's not. He's getting his food at craft service, right? He sits down because there's an open seat at the table or at the seat right across from me. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude, you're in the movie. You're the goofy, tall, skinny kid. And he just starts chatting it up with me. Nicest dude in the world. I was a lowly nobody extra. Anyway, uh, Nicholas Braun, good guy. That's all I want to say. I, I do really love that. Um, who is not a nice guy whom you've met? Ooh. Why are we ooh. talking about Keenan's like past acting in Disney Channel shows? Like now, I, allude, I alluded podcast. to this before we recorded. Because but... we're not going to say anything bad because we don't know them. And Nate, I'm literally doing this for more follows. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. From my experience, yes. the, first, the first four people that come to mind is the cast of The O.C., not nice people. Um, they treated nobody kindly. They treated no one with respect. They didn't respect anyone's time. Not a big fan. Now, maybe they've changed. Now, probably not, but maybe they did. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, there's an actor named Adam Goldberg, famously from Saving Private Ryan, who played the Jewish guy who slowly gets stabbed to death in the most horrific way possible. Mm -hmm. Incredibly amazing guy. Rule number one of being an extra, don't talk to the actors. But I love Saving Private Ryan, maybe my favorite movie ever. Was working on some like CBS procedural show, could or maybe MBS, couldn't even tell you what it was. Adam Goldberg's on the show. Love Saving Private Ryan. I'm like, oh my gosh, is it worth getting fired? So he's kind of off by himself, and I'm kind of standing close to him, and I just say, Hey, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, you were phenomenal. It's exactly what I say. You were phenomenal. He comes over, shakes my hand firmly. I'm talking firm handshake, three pumps. And he says, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And then he said, what's your name? Told him my name. Then he walked away. But great guy. So Adam Goldberg, another winner. Adam Goldberg appears in a movie that comes up later on this What, list. Scott? And, and the and transitions, one, dude. Indeed. Okay, okay. But yes, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, a movie that was very special to young Scott. So special that I actually went out and bought the book and read the book after seeing the movie. That's how you know. Uh, that's a sign of a well-loved story. Amazing. Um, I'd love to talk more about the impact of David Bowie's Heroes or the Great City of Pittsburgh, perhaps. Um, I actually watched this movie with two of my dad's sisters because it was shot in the high school that they all went to growing Wasn't up. Wasn't being a wallflower? Was shot yes, oh, it was wow. shot in one of the schools they went to. And so they wanted to see how it showed up on this movie. So... Uh, a lot of fun connections there, That's but yes, cool. a movie I love. Not a very funny movie, so it has its moments, of course, but don't be expecting that from the rest of our list, but that is my number two. I also think Perks of Being a Wallflower, like you said, is incredibly impactful if you're of the right, like, if you saw it at the right time. It's very much like a coming-of-age movie that that's, that's that's, uh touches on a lot of things that we all 
go through and deal with. And I didn't think it was nearly as, I don't know if I can say pretentious as I thought it would be, but it does feel very, there's heavy stuff in it, but it doesn't feel like it's this it, like. It treats its characters very empathetically, like it cares yeah. about him instead of just being a trauma dump. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yes. Um, last funny thing, I, I, actually funny thing I will say about the perks of being a wallflower. I once watched this movie with a couple of friends who um, had sort of a will-they-won't-they they thing all through high school, and they just kept missing each other. One of them would be taken when the other one wasn't. And they like there was a moment, for whatever reason, I forget the context, but we all watched this at my house, and they broke down sobbing in tears because the movie deals with some, you know, deals with some misconnections in relationships. And it was just like this horrible moment where my, my buddy was like, expressing pouring his heart out to this girl and she's like i what do i what do you want me to do like i'm i'm with someone else right now they are now married and they just had their first baby earlier this summer so i'm not saying that Perks of Being a Wallflower brought them together. But it was, it was a key moment in the relationship. That's a great story. As, Ezra brought them together. <laughs> I held that baby in my arms, and I thought of, of uh, Logan Lerman as Charlie, wandering through the streets and, and dealing with his trauma. I had a will they won't they with a girl in high school. How'd it go? It was a won't they. It was a won't they. Christian, your number two film. Yes. I'm going to ask you not to go into too much detail here, because you can say why. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Why. But yes, your number two. Uh, my number two is The Breakfast Club. I, um, John Hughes, I will say, is the granddaddy of high school movies. That was, I mean, he made a lot of other movies. He's made action movies. He's made action comedies. He has made just full-on random, like, teen dramas, everything. But I do think what he was able to do with high school movies is unmatched. This is all I'm really going to say. I put this on recently because I thought... I think Breakfast Club is on my list. I mean, I, I watched it years ago and I absolutely loved it and this was before I cared about movies. Um, I put it on and for a while it's basically just a chamber piece. They're kind of just stuck in the library and I was captivated to every single character and what everyone was doing at, at all moments and I thought, wow. And, and I'm not going to say more because we're going to be giving a full review of this movie next week. That is right. Uh, my question that I sent into this group chat that I said multiple times is, why am I the only person here with a John Hughes movie on my list? And Scott, you answered it um, because you have, I have a movie on my list you do not have, um, and you were happy that I had it so you didn't feel the need to include it, and also that you haven't rewatched Breakfast Club. Keenan. Yeah. I'm old. Keenan. It, it makes more sense. I would have the Hughes movies. I, 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 I honestly, yes. I mean, you love Porky's. I thought for some reason that you would have won well, I can't say I love the whole movie. I love parts of Porky's. Now, as far as as far as as far as John Hughes, these are all movies. As ashamed as I am to admit it, that I have only seen one time too long ago. To where, like, I remember watching things like Breakfast Club, like Sixteen Candles, and in in okay, Lightning. Question. My number one movie. Have you only seen that once a long time ago? I gotta see what that is. I, I, I don't have my <laughs> hold, data hold in front of me. the question. Well, you know, I'll we'll answer it. But, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I remember enjoying it, liking it, but I could never put it on a list because I just don't have the, the like, that's uh, fair. Knowledge. And it's not to say that they're not great. I mean, John Hughes is known as the master of the teen, you know, the high yeah. school. And I think, too, with something like Breakfast Club, it kind of touches, I mean, completely different, obviously, than Scream, but it touches on the idea of, like, a cast that when you saw this, I'm sure, in the 80s, it was like, man, these are the coolest these characters. These six people. It's like, imagine watching the first season of Friends and me, like, these six people. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. I mean, dude. Yeah. 
this cast is huge because most of them keep rolling with the Brat Pack throughout. I mean, this this was Molly 1985. Ringwald. Yeah, Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, and Anthony Michael Hall. You know, it's some of the the people whose Which, careers. What does Emilio Estevez play? He's the, the Jack. Oh yeah, he's the Jack. And Judd Nelson. Because I saw the name and I go, the Jack does not seem Estevez. Well, Christian, I mean, we're talking about Gordon Bombay, the coach of the, My- uh, the, the Mighty Ducks, Indeed. who played, he almost made it to the pros. I believe he blew out his knee in uh, in the minors, minor hockey. So he is Hispanic? <laughs> yes. He is, he is the son of uh, the son of Martin Sheen. Who is Hispanic? Indeed he is. Martin Sheen's Hispanic? Indeed he is. So Charlie Sheen's Hispanic? Indeed he is. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm by winning. My... <laughs> What? Yes, welcome, here, welcome to your random Hollywood history lesson here. Um, on this should be a game. Hispanic if you if you look up Chris Pratt, Martin Sheen's government documents, you will see that he's born in the great city of Dayton, Ohio, and Ooh. number two that his legal name is Ramon Estevez. Why did you roll your R's? Ramon I like Estevez. I liked it for emphasis. It felt, okay, cool, it cool, felt cool. right. Felt right. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's the Breakfast Club, which. <laughs> Yes, we will be talking about it. We'll do a full review for it next week on the show. Okay. We had a bonus week with the calendar, and so we're going to look at a classic high school movie after let's, talking modern high school. Let's record at your place. And we'll record at my place, because I've driven to Christians many times, and we've moved hey, farther away Hey, you know who's an annoying character in a movie? Two annoying characters, but I like the movie. Uh, remember the, the classic film Pitch Perfect, where he keeps trying to awkwardly show her Breakfast Club on his laptop? Yes. It's like, you're trying too hard, bro. Oh, that guy's annoying as hell. And then Anna What's Ke- his name? Uh, Skyler, Skyler, Skyler Austin is the actor. Yeah, actor, and then yeah. Anna Kendrick, it's like... <sighs> Anna Kendrick's whole thing in that movie is that she doesn't finish movies, and... What? <laughs> she 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 played like a weird she played like a weird character where it's like I know too many girls in real life like this that I'm just like I mean, I'm trying to I'm just trying to uh, be a friendly guy and you're pitch you know. perfect though. Keenan, just trying to be a friendly guy. Right, yeah, exactly. Hey, speaking speaking of Pitch Perfect, also starring Ben Platt, who would go on to uh, star in the Broadway play and ultimately film, of course, Durban Hansen. Film yeah. that didn't make any of our lists. It did not. Directed Evan by Hansen. Stephen Chbosky, the director of The Perks yeah. of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> ben Platt looked great in that movie. Definitely did not look like a 43-year-old. Yeah, definitely not himself. coming almost 10 years after he played a college student in Pitch Perfect. Anyway, Keenan. It's time to talk number ones, and we're going to go to you first for that purpose. Your number one movie, which I, to be a, a good a, a good podcast co-host here, watched today for the very first time. That movie is? The number one high school film of all time. I think this came out in 2007, if I remember. You are correct. Is, I'm good with dates sometimes. Is Superbad, Michael Sarah. Jonah Hill. What? How old are Fogler, you? Fogler, McLovin. Uh, no, 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 no. This is this is nothing to do with. No. Your so I, when Superbad came out in 2007, I would have been 22. Okay. So I was like young enough to still be like, you know, I was like the dude showing up to like the high school football games. Right. Like, hey, I used to go you, here. You, <laughs> okay, no, no. you start. You started this podcast by saying like, D- do these movies remind me of my high school? So far, we have American Pie. Yeah. We have Varsity Blues. Both we, of which we went into detail about how sexified they are. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have, have High School Musical. We, oh, High School Musical. I'm so sorry. 
Um, we have Scream. We have Superbad. So your high school was everyone wanted to it's, have sex and got killed for it. Yeah, yeah. You have two movies where the plot is driven by dudes trying to lose hey, their virginity. Listen, there's there's few things to do in Northwest Ohio. One of them is bump bump, and the other one is farming. So in high school, I mean, it's a lot of sexual energy. We talked about sexual tension at the top, but no, Superbad is a fantastic movie. The reason Superbad is the best high school movie of all time is because it is infinitely rewatchable. The characters feel so real. Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill's back and forth. Jonah Hill has maybe never been better. Obviously, as an actor, he has, but just as a real... <laughs> no, let me clarify. At his core essence. Exactly, yeah, thank you. No, you, you're right. At his core essence, like Jonah Hill felt so much like a real high school jo- dude. This is, okay, Jonah Hill has like, am I playing an annoying character? Am I not playing an annoying character? This isn't playing an annoying character where it actually works. Yeah. And, and, and the interactions between Jonah Hill and McLovin, uh, Christopher Mintz Plus, Plasse? Plus? Yeah. He, it was so believable. Like the way Jonah Hill would get so mad at him and just insult him. But like I related to that so much with like just people I knew in high school. Yo, Bill Hader is one of the two cops. Oh. Oh, who's the other cop? Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Who wrote this movie with Evan Goldberg, who is his writing and producing was partner. Was this a Judd Apatow produced movie? Yes, it was. Okay. And this is like for Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, the main characters are named Seth and Evan. Yeah. This is inspired by their high school experiences, and this is one of their big breakouts at like from behind the, the camera. I'm going to say something really bizarre that because you're way more of cinephiles than I am, but so you might be like, are you nuts? But let me say this. There's this movie, definitely a chance you've seen way more movies than us. But, but you probably can dissect them better than sure. I can. So let's say this. This movie kind of has like Richard Linklater vibes where it's like very real. Like the dialogue is so real and kind of in the moment. It feels like you're just eavesdropping on someone's conversation the same way like Before Sunrise and all those movies did. Obviously much different tonally, but it feels like you're just walking and talking with these characters and it feels like a typical day at your high school. Right from the jump. And Scott, you just watched this so you can attest to this. The conversation that Michael Sarah is having with Jonah Hill on the way to his house in his car is so funny. And just like the little one-liners, the little quips that Jonah Hill will throw out, it feels like a dude, again, that you knew in high school that would just bullshit and just like joke about your mom, not in like a forced, you know, 40-year-old screenwriter trying to make it sound natural, but like really how high school kids would would talk and interact. One of the first ever things that Jonah Hill says in this movie is trying to figure out which porn site he should keep his subscription to when he moves off to college. And how he tucks his boner. Sorry if that's too explicit. (laughs) The the farmer's tuck. Uh, So you get that. And then we cannot forget about Emma Stone. Emma Emma Stone is so perfect in this movie because, again, her greatest trait for me is just seeming like a real person. She feels so much like a real high school girl who, like, is kind of entertained by these doofuses, like, shenanigans, but also kind of, like, knows they're, like, loser. You know what I mean? It feels very real. Emma Stone is going to be in a movie later this year called Poor Things where she is not playing a real person. No, she is not. It's going to be great. But, I mean, Emma Stone herself (laughs) is... She she is really good in this movie. It is her feature debut. Like she had some TV gigs before this, but this is her big breakout. And then she would go on to be in a high school movie I wish made my list easy, yeah, mm-hmm. which is like one she of the a, last great high school movies. She she went on to be in the greatest movie of all time, Birdman. Questionable and, take. And she is, I thought you were gonna say Amazing Spider Man two. <laughs> I like the first Amazing Spider Man quite a bit actually. Right. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, Emma Stone, <laughs> she's great. And, and it's also like a classic high school bit here. Like somebody in the supporting cast who goes on to win an Oscar. I feel like that is an element of a lot of these movies. And Jonah Hill was nominated. I mean... Yeah, Jonah Hill will go on to be a multiple-time Oscar nominee. Michael Sarah, if there's justice in the universe, will one day have like five Oscars. You know, we'll McLovin was in the Trolls movies. <laughs> the How to Train Your Dragon movies, Bill, too. There you go. Bill Hader won two Emmys for playing Barry. Emmy Award winner Bill Hader playing an utterly ridiculous police officer in this film. I have to say, the whole subplot with, uh, with Fogel who is Chris Berman's Plossus character, a.k.a. McLovin, and the cops with Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, is uh, frankly ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, this, like, if there's one major sin Superbad has, is that it's a little bit too long. Like, it's almost two hours long, and you feel like some of the shenanigans in the cop car could have been trimmed down, but... Um, I, I, yeah, actually, it's, it's, I actually disagree. I love all of the cop interactions. Yeah, I mean, this this movie is, is super funny, it's, and I'm so glad that I finally watched it, because it's been on the list for a long time. Especially at the end, when the cops revealed they knew that he wasn't McLovin. Yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. And we, we also can't forget about that complete weirdo who hits them with his car, and then he like wants to go to their high school parties and stuff. That guy, was- uh, yeah, that guy, that actor is Joe Lotrugo, who is one of those guys who has shown up in a million different things. He's one of those comedy people. He was in Pitch Perfect, for example, oh, playing one of the acapella singers who are like the middle-aged guys. But he was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine most oh, recently, right. like in every every episode of that show as one of the main supporting members there. So. Yeah, uh, this is Superbad has some great people in it. From like that comedy world, David Krumholtz is in Superbad. We brought him up earlier for being in 10 Things I Hate About You. He has a one-scene thing here in this uh, movie. And we also brought up in Superbad Richard Linklater, which we're going to use to move on to your number one. Indeed we are, because the actual best high school movie of all time, almost, uh, I, I feel pretty confident about saying this, but uh, my number one high school movie, perhaps the greatest high school movie ever made, is Dazed and Confused. Which is written and directed by Linklater, of course. Uh, Christian, a long time ago, we talked about American Graffiti on this podcast. And I yes, we spent a little time talking about how I had realized, because I watched Days to Confuse first, just how much Linklater is taking from George Lucas. It's a very similar movie where in American Graffiti, Lucas is from the 70s looking back at his high school experiences in the 50s. Where now Linklater in the 90s is looking back at his high school experiences in the 70s because this movie comes out in i where did i lose it it's 93 i want to say that i'm hoping that's it 93 and of course it is set on the last day of school in a town in texas 1976 the bicentennial of america is happening and it is focusing on really a wide wide cast there's a lot of characters but uh, a lot of the folks are juniors becoming seniors and so they get to go haze all of the eighth graders becoming freshmen and so there's a lot of fun to be had with Hayes and the Freshman, and then all of the shenanigans that all of these people get into throughout this big first night of summer. I um, mean, we talk about these big supporting casts, and this one is unbelievable in terms of the uh, Oscar nominations and wins featured among the cast. There's many, but also just a lot of people that you like who show up. Um, mixed in with some actors who maybe didn't go on to as big of careers, or um, even some who were non-professional and really didn't keep up acting as their career. But Adam Goldberg, your friend, Keenan, is here. Uh, but the supporting cast also features Ben Affleck, it features Parker Posey, Joey Lauren Adams, Mila Jovovich is in a small role, Anthony Rapp, and a bunch of what other are people. Your thoughts on Resident Evil? Uh, we're not talking about Resident Evil. I'm just going to curtail that right now. Notably also featuring Matthew McConaughey's Wooderson, who became one of the indelible cinematic characters, and he gets like 9,000 great lines in he's, this movie. He's great in The Gentleman. 
Indeed he is. Uh, actually, no, that's one of his worst movies performance-wise, in my opinion. But <laughs> we're talking Keenan. We're Keenan. talking Days Keenan. to Confuse, can't, baby. Can't, can't, can't. And the thing that really stood out to me is I rewatched it to make sure it really was my number one movie of all time. Um, Your number one movie of all time? Number one high school movie of okay. all time. Thank you for catching that. Uh, not uh, not atop the personal list, but it, it's in that personal pantheon. What's your favorite? No, I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dazed and Confused, aside from being this sort of reflection and memory, remember what it was like when I was in high school, um, it is the kind of movie that makes you feel nostalgic for a time and place you never you were never a part of. Um, it, and it makes you reflect on your own experiences as a high school person running around with the the knowledge and the fear that the future is coming and it is coming very quickly a lot of these guys are going to be seniors who then go off and uh, whatever's next there's even a moment in this movie where adam goldberg is in the backseat of a car and one of the girls he's hanging out with says something to the effect of like i wish we weren't also looking towards the future because the pre- we treat the present as this thing to be avoided and days to confuse is really about appreciating the present moment for what it is having fun with your friends, getting into trouble, making bad decisions, and knowing that you will survive to regret them, you know? And um, reflecting and loving this particular moment, the beauty of the present as a high school person, where you have this knowledge that, like, whatever's coming next is coming, but it might not get any better than it is right now. And even so, another character in the movie says, if these are the best days of my life, like, if these are the best days of my life, I hope you kill me yourselves, or, like, something like that. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it is a great movie, loaded with great performances, loaded with great lines, loaded with great filmmaking from Linklater uh, near the beginnings of his career. So, Days to Confused, my number one high school movie of all time. It is the movie that I wish most of all had been able to fit in before this list, but I have yet to see it. And knowing knowing how much you liked American Graffiti, I think you will at the very least appreciate Days to Confused as well. American Graffiti is probably my number six. Honestly, within any given day, would have swapped it out with Bill and Ted. I think the only reason I went with Bill and Ted over American Graffiti is because Bill and Ted is more high school y, whereas American Graffiti is it's like the last day of high school before they go to college. Yeah, and I mean even so, as I said earlier, Ten Things I Hate About You kind of took Clueless's spot. Yeah, Days to Confused has American Graffiti's spot. This like director reflecting on their past, which granted. Ladybird still made my list and is that semi-autobiographical thing but very different style it's focused on yeah. that social run character not this huge ensemble cast uh, last thing I'll say about Days to Confused amazing 70, or, yeah, 70s rock soundtrack there's like like it plays all the hits but it also plays a bunch of other great songs just kind of in the background have you seen it? I'm so glad Christian you said you haven't seen it because I also have not seen it so I was like I couldn't be the only one, so thank you. I mean, uh, I'm embarrassed about it because obviously I know how okay. well regarded it is. But now my number one movie. The last thing I'll say about Days to Confuse, actually, the actual last thing. Uh, there is enough alcohol consumed and weed smoked in this movie that I'm shocked there's not a, a death scene in this movie. <laughs> They're all drunk and high the entire time and then driving cars all hey, over the city. Deleted that, scene. I'm, What's I'm up actually, with that, no, folks? I'm, I'm really happy you said that because my number one critique of the Kenneth Branagh movie, Death on the Nile, is that there was not enough champagne to fill the Nile as Gal Gadot says. Indeed, indeed. Now, Christian, we go to you. You're number one. A movie I would have included on my list if you didn't have it this high and, and so that I could fit some other stuff, but that movie is. Ferris Bueller's Day Off which is a movie that I am genuinely shocked is off of your list as well. Again, uh, exactly like we talked about earlier, something I've only seen one time wow. long ago. Wow, it is such an easy watch. You know, i got so much to watch, Christian. I, I don't have time to revisit some of these bangers. So I, I liked it when I saw it. I love, I mean, it made me love Chicago. 
But but I feel like it, okay. and I, I also love a great movie about Chicago. It is for a sure. fantastic movie about Chicago. Yes. I also love just the 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 breaking the fourth wall vibes. But I I just don't like know it enough to be able to confidently okay. put it on a list. Where this, I, this is the reason why it's my number one movie, and I do truly believe that this is a perfect movie. It is the great thing about high school is that you spend all of your time in high school thinking about how long it will take for you to leave high school because you need a break from it. And that is what Ferris Bueller captures beautifully. Now, the the performance by Matthew Broderick in this movie is fantastic. It is it is phenomenal. What he is able to do, how he is able, how when he speaks directly to the camera, he like brings the camera along with him. Now, the relationship between him and Cameron, I look, I have never gotten the love that people have for Cameron. I do love Cameron, but he is not the best part of this movie. This is a Matthew Broderick vehicle. Everything that is going on from just being like, hey, just take a break. No, you are not to take a break for the rest of your life. But high school's hard. And this doesn't even focus on high school being hard. This focuses on saying, look, we are in high school. And right now we need a break from it. And there will be a time later on when we cannot take that break. But right now we are going to take it. And we are going to go out and pretend like we are really, really a high-ranking officials on something so that we can get into this restaurant. The, me- the Is it the Sausage King? It is the Sausage King. <laughs> of Chicago? Um, and we are going to take your father's car because he said that you cannot use this to drive around. And we are going to drive this around. And whoops, that we crashed it. And we are going to join this parade. And it is just... It, it, it's one of those where it's not just confident in the decisions that it's making. It knows that other people wouldn't be confident to make those decisions. And it's saying there's a difference between you choosing to make this and you choosing not to make it. There's nothing wrong between the two of them, but you have to decide. And sometimes it's okay to be confident to make them. And Jennifer Grey is in this movie as Matthew Broderick's older sister and her her, her entire arc as she learns to not be a stickler and be with her brother <laughs> is is just wonderful. And this, uh, Of course, with Charlie Sheen in the police station. Charlie we're, Sheen we're back on the Sheen family. Yes. This, the Estevez family. The Estevez family, yes. Um, the, and I, I showed this movie to my students. It is so simple to watch. It glides around. There are some movies where you're like... Oppenheimer, you walk out of Oppenheimer, you're like, I have been hit by the weight of the world. You mm-hmm. walk out of this and you're like, man, I could do like 80 push-ups right now. Like, I, you, It's not just that you feel good, it's that you feel light, you feel breezy, and you feel hopeful. And uh, that's it, it's, it's my number one high school movie because it encapsulates how everyone in high school is trying to leave high school. Um, w- w- which is why it surprises me, Christian, that you don't, you, you're not as big a Cameron guy. Because obviously some people... I love Cameron. I just... He's not the heart of the movie for me. I, I think that's the difference is that, yes, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, it's really about Ferris Bueller. And yeah, Ferris Bueller's a really cool dude, as the, <laughs> uh, the secretary says. But um, Cameron, in a way, is the heart of the movie. And there's that whole conspiracy theory that people have that I do not believe and subscribe to. But, but some people think that Ferris Bueller is like a dream imagined by Cameron, who is this imagining this alternate version of himself who is so cool he can ditch school has a really pretty girlfriend can take his dad's car to chicago and jump on a parade float and do twist and shout for the city of chicago this is this is also (laughs) what i'm going to say about it though what's so weird is that matthew broderick does not fit the prototype of the stereotypical cool jock he's not like a jock he's he's not the stereotypical not tall not muscular yeah but everyone loves him 
And I think that's also why the movie works, because at its core, it's putting in someone who probably looked more like the person you would see in high school than anyone like than anyone on the OC. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, and, and what Scott said was was uh, kind of got me thinking, this movie now stick with me here. Similar to Home Alone being like a, a kid fantasy, like the yeah. ultimate kid fantasy. Yeah. This movie is like the ultimate high school fantasy. Yes. It, it appeals to everyone's like wildest, oh my gosh, if only I could do what Ferris Bueller is doing. Just like when you're a kid, if only I could do what Kevin McAllister is doing, setting up these traps. It really leans into that, like, uh, the fantasy. And I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's so beloved as well. It's just the... Yeah, it's fun to watch because you wish you were him. You wish you were Ferris Bueller. And this does also speak to my sensibilities. Like, I love movies that show me what high school was like, but I think I love movies more that show me what high school could have been. And this is what your high school could have been. Um, and you just think about it, man. Could I have ever stitched school like that with friends, with a girlfriend who will just leave and I'm going to dress up like her dad and pick her up in my car? Like, that is... Like, within the realm of possibility, but also, like, miles away. But yet still close enough that it makes you wonder. Ferris Bueller is an absolute classic. And like you said, Christian, it is an incredibly easy to watch. It's one of those movies where you feel like you could just fire it up again as soon as it's over. It it is so fun, so funny, so timeless. I mean, it's uh, it's an absolute classic for a reason. And Keenan, you should... Rewatch it sometime yeah. soon. I should. <laughs> I should. Back to Home Alone and Ferris Bueller back to back. A little John and Hughes Breakfast Club feature. Yeah, yeah, Breakfast Club. Alrighty, folks. That is our respective top five high school movies. So uh, let's go ahead and just recap our lists quickly so people can reflect. Keenan, fire away with yours. Number five, uh, we're bopping to the top, High School Musical. Number four, John Voight's uh, performance of a lifetime, Varsity Blues. Number three, Jim's Gotta Hump That Pie, American Pie. Number two, Hello, Sydney, Scream. And my number one high school movie of all time is Super Bad, McLovin. Christian, your top five. My number five is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. My number four, Scream. My number three, Lady Bird. My number two, The Breakfast Club. My number one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And my number five, Rushmore. Number four, Ten Things I Hate About You. Number three, Lady Bird. Number two, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And my number one, Dazed and Confused. You Fellas, said you had like a hundred honorable mentions. I do. I'm just going to read some names of movies. You say if you, uh, if you have any feelings here. Um, the Edge of Seventeen. Love it. Ever seen it. Love Steinfeld. Love it. Easy A we talked about. Love mean it. Girls. Love, Love it. it. Thought about yeah. it. This was close to being on my list. I, I told Christian. Probably my top ten. I was the last one to share my top five with the crew because I was between like six different movies from my uh, number five. Mean Girls might be my six. Like I almost put it up there. Um, speaking of screen, Halloween. No. On, it, it, an all-timer. Like Shame. horror, absolutely, in my top five maybe ever. But as a high school movie... It's like Scream, but even a little less so. I think it's less of a high school movie than... You know, uh, it features action on one night on Halloween, and Laurie Strode is like a babysitter. Very, very iconic high school girl job. So in that respect, very, very key that she is in high school, but less about actually being in high school, of course. Um, A few here that might only be important to me. I'm curious to see if you guys have any feelings here. Uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Never seen it. It is a Francis Ford Coppola movie where... Nicholas Cage. Yes. Nick Cage is uh, one of the key uh, characters there where Kathleen Turner, playing Peggy Sue, goes back in time um, because it starts with her being a, like, disappointed middle-aged housewife at her high school reunion. She falls and hits her head and wakes up 
back in time where she and her husband are in school again and she's like should i do things the same or should i do things differently really really lovely movie it is frankly just a it's a very touching nostalgic reflection on high school but uh, I, obviously I just, just I had some of the movies I love more just like The Godfather Co- I was going to say Coppola <laughs> went from Vietnam hellscapes to uh, bumped her head and went back to high school indeed Kathleen Turner's only Oscar nomination I believe Ooh, wow. for that movie um, speaking of Coppola The Virgin Suicides Sofia Coppola never seen it it's, it, I, this is an, another one I, it's not like a broken record that was my blockbuster days Kirsten Dunst it's pretty like dark yeah <laughs> yes, D- much darker. Uh, but good. I, I remember yeah. like being like, "Wow." Uh, speaking of Matthew Broderick, Election. Oh, another, yeah. another high school Yes, Election makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Ferris Bueller himself now playing a, a teacher. The school is obsessed with Reese Witherspoon's teenage character, and, yeah. and similar to Tracy what we're talking Flick, about, right? Tracy Flick. Yeah. Well, he, but but not sexually. No, it, it's like she is very ambitious and he put together, hates her. and he hates her for a variety of reasons. It's another movie where it is not really about a high schooler, but I also hadn't seen it in a long time, so I felt okay leaving it off. But it's notably starring Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Um, another high school sports movie, not really about high school, Hoosiers. Oh yes, I knew you'd love that oh. movie, Keenan. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Hoosiers. Um, last couple I'll say here. These are more just like recommendations. See me if you can. But a movie called Blinded by the Light, which is actually about an English high uh, schooler, but um, is about a young uh, British Pakistani man who is growing up and falls in love with the music of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Yes. Really underseen. Some people called it kind of schmaltzy, so it is very much in that mode. But I really, really liked it. Um, deals with some heavy stuff too like he's the victim of some uh, he experiences racism growing up in the 80s being a Pakistani British person but really good movie I really quite liked it and then Brick which is Ryan Johnson's uh, debut movie which is stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as basically a high school private eye and all of the dialogue is like hard-boiled inspired by Dashiell Hammett and those kinds of guys like crime dialogue it is it feels like a movie that you could never pull off in a million years and Johnson just absolutely crushes it Brick was awesome yeah Brick is a great one especially if you're a fan of his stuff like uh, Looper like Knives Out like The Last Jedi like anything that he's done uh, definitely definitely check out Brick his first movie Anything else you guys wanted to mention? We've talked about a lot of movies here. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I, I, did some I really like and, it. Yeah, I caught up with that. Uh, um, big fan of that one. I'm trying to think of what other movies. I, do you have any? I have two. How about The Girl Next Door? Emile Hirsch <laughs> falling in love with the porn star Alicia Cuthbert. Talk about a fantasy. And again, I'm always going back to the sexual, the sexual <laughs> high school movies. But have you ever seen The Girl Next Door? It also no. has uh, Timothy Oliphant as definitely, like a scummy. Definitely heard of it, but have not seen. Paul it. Dano's in it too, which is weird because <laughs> now Paul Dano is this like super respected actor, and this is back when he was like just playing almost like the McLovin, like a total weird just outcast dude. Uh, Girl Next Door is a really good high school movie. The other one we gotta mention. This is probably before you know. This is before you young pups, before your time. What about Michelle Pfeiffer, Dangerous Minds? Do you know this movie? <laughs> Another it, one I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It gave us the Coolio banger, Gangsta's Paradise. Power and the money. Money and the power. Anyway, Michelle Pfeiffer goes into this inner city high school, and she teaches these like troubled youths. And just... Man alive, as a young man. So Freedom alive. Riders. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like seventy other movies like based on this, but it was awesome. And on the cover, she's wearing a leather jacket with her arms crossed, and it's so badass. Yeah, it's uh one of the classic uh like white teacher goes to the inner city school and they all learn a thing or two about life, you know. Yeah, they all learn from each other. It's really how it is. It's just a beautiful harmonious. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Alrighty, folks. High school movies. It's a great genre, and I've had a lovely time talking about them with you fine gentlemen here. Uh, even though we had to talk about the hypersexualized version of high school like nine different times, thanks to you, Keenan. So You're welcome. Yep. Thanks for that. Next week on the show, we will be talking Breakfast Club. So brush up on your John Hughes, and we'll, we'll sit down for a little bonus episode, just because the calendar worked out that way. We're going to stay in high school for one more pour from this keg that we've Before got going we here. tell you what we're going to do in October. Before we say what we're going to do in October. So stay tuned. Do you guys want me to fly back for next week's episode? Because I can. I'm a, spirit, you're not, I'm, a, I'm a loyalty member with Spirit now, so if you want me to jump back on the plane. You're not moving in? Over well, at Christian's place? Well, I mean, we're already he, here. He hasn't offered yet. So oh, okay, okay. okay. I'll make up the guest bed for you while you guys are in between. No, I'm, 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 I'm like, we live in Los Angeles. Rent prices are really high, so I have 100%. <laughs> and Keenan comes with a wife and three kids. Think of how they should be into yeah. the rents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be yeah, perfect. We'll, we'll split it up. <laughs> Alrighty, Keenan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you just share just a quick, hot uh, little bit about the Hollywood Week podcast that you guys are doing and some of your upcoming episodes. Yeah, thank you. This was a blast. This was uh, definitely worth flying out here for. I had a great time. Yeah, you can listen to me and my younger brother, Case, in our podcast. It's called the Hollywood Week Podcast. We are available wherever you listen to podcasts. I think that's accurate. Uh, but yeah, we're having a good time. We're actually going to do a new season where we're going to do maybe like 10 consecutive episodes, get into a rhythm, a routine uh, in October. So look forward to that. Uh, and that's it. Again, thanks for, thanks for the invite. Anytime. And of course, there are a few things that you can do to support this show. Number one, of course, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review if applicable. Helps us reach new listeners, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere. And of course, just warms our hearts as we see those five-star reviews coming actually in. actually do have some five-stars. Well, we have five-star ratings. We do. We do have good reviews, good ratings, and we always appreciate it when folks go out of their way to leave us a review. So thank you for that. You can also send us an email to cinemaontappodcast at gmail.com. We're always checking that email inbox, looking for your thoughts, and obviously want to know what kind of movies you want us to talk about on the show. If you have an idea for a cinematic keg for us to tap as we go through a, a month, or if you have an idea for a movie that you know want featured in a specific thing, feel free to write that in. Again, cinemaontappodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and the both of us on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. Keenan, I know that you're on Letterboxd, but an infrequent poster, shall we say. I don't write the reviews, I just drop the stars. So yeah, you can find Keenan and see, what he, see how he's rating things uh, on, on Letterboxd as well. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? Keenan, as our foremost Dune Part 2 anticipator, how did you feel that it was pushed to next year? Christian, it was a dark day. Now, do we have 15 minutes we can carve out where I can go into this? We're at an hour and 40 minutes. All right, we'll wrap it up. Let's just say <laughs> it was a rough one. I don't feel good about it. I, I hate the... I, I don't like the... We've talked about this a little bit uh, behind the scenes, but I don't like it because I feel like, yes, the cast is vital to be able to promote the movie, but it feels so bare in November and they had IMAX locked down for like six weeks. They were, IMAX was giving Denis, giving this movie the runway to take off. And they just said, nah. And I think March again is gonna be packed next year, right? 
We have from what Challengers is coming out in April, but in big March, wait, Zendaya. Mickey Seventeen is yes. coming out. New Bong Joon Ho doing part. So Zendaya has massive movies coming out in back to back months. I know that November had the Marvels, but I just feel like Dune. It, it was a good time, and I feel like the the lack of content, the movies that are coming out are going to stand out even more. So now, like the Marvels, I am a little more optimistic about box office because people are going to be kind of like hungry for something to go watch. So anyway, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but to, if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I do want to see Timmy and Florence and Zendaya and, and our boy Josh Brolin. It's brutal out there on the red carpet and promoting this the hell out of this thing. So I love it. That's uh, what it is. Alrighty, folks. Until next time, this has been Cinema on Tap. Thanks for listening. <laughs>